Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I'm super excited about our guests today sitting down in our space in our office we have two really cool physiotherapists we have emily we have sarah these two cats are all about pelvic floor and um i'm just going to leave it at that and i'm going to let them introduce themselves then we're going to get into the meat of why we're here and what we're hoping to accomplish today after we hear some good stuff from these guys so hi i'm emily i'm one of the physiotherapists sitting here um i'm not only a physiotherapist but i'm also a pelvic health provider meaning i've taking extra courses specializing in pelvic health. Um, I work in Integra Health Center full-time as both a physiotherapist for musculoskeletal injuries and pelvic health. I'm Sarah Hall. Uh, I work with Emily at Integra Health Center full-time doing regular physiotherapy like knees, ankles, low backs, what have you, and then also doing pelvic health conditions uh, alongside that as well cool so you guys know each other from before sitting in our office obviously you work together yeah we you went also to school together yeah tell tell us about school buddy buddy since uh day one <laughs> yeah. wait wait time out. did you guys are you are, are you guys from kingston no you're from ontario i'm from brampton I'm but from i'm from brampton? calgary did you guys live together too no well? like close by though close by like yeah. i would go to our house a lot yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> to practice gotcha. okay. constantly study <laughs> yeah all the fun things that are part of school. Right on. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I was just curious because then I was going to ask about the living situation, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> so tell, tell us about physio school and um, after you finished, why, why pelvic health? So physio school is great, um, but you don't learn pelvic health in physiotherapy school. Um, I actually did my first pelvic health course the weekend after starting to work as a physiotherapist, so pretty much right off the bat. Um, uh, I did the course through Public Health Solutions, and they offer this uh, course that's a three-day course. You do in-class, and then you do practical uh, work of, of pelvic health conditions, and this includes internal assessments um, with the other therapists that are in the room learning the course. So wait, can I pause you really quick? So pelvic health, when did you know that this is something you wanted to do when you were in school when you were when you were doing physio to be honest not completely um it it's kind of a daunting way to go like especially when we're starting we're already nervous enough to you know touch someone's shoulder and kind of assess that um pelvic health is is much more intimate it's much there's a lot more riding on it and I think that that's pretty nerve-wracking once you start on top of that you know in the course that you're going to be working on each other which is kind of a little off-putting sometimes when you think about it because it's going to be your colleague. You're going to feel very vulnerable, very awkward. Um, but we both found actually that helped us in the process because we understand how the patient will feel, how exposed, how vulnerable they'll feel. And, and it's actually really re rewarding. Um, just a lot of these people haven't really been assessed this way before, really been listened to for some of the conditions that we treat for pelvic health. Um, and I find that a lot of times pelvic health conditions are very interrelated with other conditions such as low back pain, hip pain, what have you. Like I've had people that I've been seeing for months or whatnot with for a hip injury that they had because of a fall or an accident or just chronic pain that they haven't really addressed properly. Um, and then starting to ask them about pelvic health. I mean, like, are you, do you have any incontinence? Are you, you know, if you laugh, cough or sneeze, do you leak urine at all? And they'd be like, you know what? Yes, I do. And this has been starting since I had that injury. And, 
and I didn't know they were related, but it, you know, I really want to change that and fix that, but I didn't think that there was any possibility that they were related. And and that's actually why I got into it, because I did it after, a year after Sarah actually did the course, and she told me about it, and I was treating a lot of hip and back injuries, and I was getting quite a bit of success, but I felt like there was that other part that was missing, like I was getting the external muscles, but I, I knew those internal muscles were also being affected, but I couldn't do that half of things, and I wanted to be able to treat the whole dysfunction and not just one part of it, because I knew I was getting part of the the issue but not everything and I want to be able to go from both sides and get everything fixed up okay so when, when we're talking internal we're talking controlled act internal work yeah controlled act yeah. Can, you, can you speak to then uh, for anyone that's not familiar with the RHPA what a controlled act is so a controlled act is something that you have to be rostered for as a physiotherapist meaning that you have to take a course you have to be examined in that course to prove that you're competent and then you have to have the proper insurance and everything and then so for an internal exam it is a either internal for vaginal or rectal and uh, you can go on the college website the college of physiotherapists of ontario um, and a pelvic floor therapist needs to have that rostered under their name to be able to treat um, pelvic health. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah, so just to kind of recap what we mean by a controlled act, there are only certain regulated healthcare professionals that are uh, permitted to perform certain uh, activities. And uh, doing internal work or working below the skin surface or working in through someone's mouth, for example, or below the gum line, like these are controlled acts. So, not all physiotherapists are going to be on that list of being able to do some of these controlled acts, which would be internal work. And and yep. then internal assessments. Exactly. Cool. So I, I, I love what I'm hearing. There's so much lately on pelvic health. And that's kind of why I want to hear like where you guys decided to come from this, if it came from when you were at school or if it came from when you were out of school. Because it seems lately there's been a huge rise in just general awareness and then uh, the general public seeking therapy or seeking some sort of uh, medical intervention when it comes to pelvic health? Well, I think now people are just talking more. So many people had these issues and just no one before talked about it. There was so many women after childbirth that had leakage, had pain, and these things, and they just thought it was maybe normal, and this is how life was after childbirth, and they didn't really talk about it, or people had other issues, and they were embarrassed about it, and just no one talked, and now people are starting to have those conversations, and we're saying, oh, there are solutions to these, and it's great because more doctors now now know how to refer to them, more urologists know, more gynecologists know, and I think another part of it is a lot of people don't know like what pelvic floor therapists can do and they think it's only for pregnant women or women who are currently pregnant and there's just so much more. And um, a lot of it has to do with, yeah, maybe other cultural changes in us or what's acceptable to talk about within friends. But I think these people are getting a lot more validation and understanding that, you know, this pain and, and this dysfunction that you're having is actually quite debilitating and it can be treated and it can be fixed and they get that that validation and that support a lot more lately and they're like go to a pelvic floor physio go get it fixed like this is treatable and it really is it, it is like quite quite treatable but a lot of uh, the things in social media don't support that either like there are commercials out there right now like poise commercials or the adult adult diaper commercials they're like oh come on girls if you leak a little bit when you pee that's normal like just buy the diapers and you're good right and it's it's just the support of yeah incontinence is there but just you're gonna live the rest of your life with it which has been the idea in the past right but 
those those companies are just trying to um, advertise, and advertise market, and make and money off of this issue, right? And when they make a lot of money. Yeah, it can be treated, right? And that's kind of the unfortunate thing is that that kind of veers people away from knowing that they can get help, right? So do you get the majority of your, your patients that are in need of um, pelvic treatment referred to from doctors or is this more so coming from like as you mentioned before you're treating them for whatever condition that they're here for and then you come to figure out hey this is a missing piece of the puzzle because it's you know sort of related to the area that I've I've, I've been treating or your signs and symptoms are in or you've been treating them for something completely different and just as part of you know them just sharing information with you in that therapeutic relationship now you come to realize hey we've got something that can help you We're incredibly lucky where we work because we also have a set of family doctors where we work and obviously they're very trained and they have a lot of knowledge about what we do. They're able to refer over very well. On top of that, we also work with a lot of other practitioners, chiros, osteopaths, naturopaths, massage therapists. And also because we work so closely together and they know what we do so well, they're also able to see a hip dysfunction and go, you know what, this isn't getting better. And I think it's because something on your pelvic floor is off. So we get referrals from the doctors. We get the referrals from the other practitioners. And then sometimes we see things as well. And we're starting to see a lot of referrals from specialists like urologists and gynecologists where they ha- um, they've maybe never heard of our clinic, but they were told to find a public health provider and they looked us up and found us uh, online. So that's also great to see too, that specialists are becoming like starting to know more about about public health and like when to refer to us as well. Yeah. I think another big one is actually like friends uh, of like past patients and they're just having, um, they're just talking with their friends and they're like, you know what, you should go see a pelvic floor therapist because I saw one and it was very helpful and they helped me a lot and I think they can help you. And that's a lot of times where we kind of find um, some people that can really benefit too. Which we love because then it's spreading the word so yeah. more people know. And and then it's getting that social talk too and that yeah. acceptance, which is huge. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm. So then let's, let's, let's hear about the therapy itself. So mm-hmm. what type of conditions are we talking about here? There are... I know we already tons. mentioned a couple, yeah. but... Yeah, so uh, the biggest one and the most popular one is postpartum. So um, even like as they're pregnant or thinking about having a child, uh, just understanding is their pelvic floor strong enough? Is their core strong enough? Kind of what's happening there around their hips and alignment and everything. And then postpartum, you know, are they having incontinence or, or urinary leakage or are they... Are they having different dysfunctions like core weakness, different things like that? And then just treating them and getting them back, um, like getting out of pelvic pain and getting better control over their bladder and things yeah. like that. Yeah. So those the are the biggest one. Yeah. Those are all the ones people think of. It's like, obviously, they always think females and think pregnancy. And then the ones they don't often think about. Most people don't know males actually have pelvic floors as well. They have the exact same muscles internally and they can actually be treated as well so for males it can be a lot of tension in the pelvic floor causing pain in the pelvic bone you can actually be pulling on the tailbone sometimes people who've injured their tailbone they have a lot of pelvic floor issues after it can be incontinence it can be which is the same problem like leakage as well as they can have other other pains in like their back or their hip that can cause it same with females so both of those like a lot of chronic back pain a lot of hip dysfunctions are having also issues with Mm -hmm. the pelvic floor 
And then there's the more extreme ones like organ prolapse. So what that is, it only happens in females. And that one is where the muscles become so weak over time that the vaginal walls lose their integrity and the organs start coming through the vaginal opening. So that's about one of the more extreme cases that we see. Um, but that's why pelvic floor strengthening is so important and why we try and get things more early on because once you get to a further along point, we're starting to lose integrity of the tissue. As uncommon as that is, how, uh, like what percentage? So it's actually really common to have one degree after pregnancy and that's because a lot of the tissue has been torn, has been stretched out and damaged. Well, pushing, right? Yeah, you're, pushing. you're pushing everything down, like yeah. things are going to respond. Yeah. So usually one degree then, you can get up to four degrees, four degrees is when the organ is actually pushed outside the body. It's still being held by the the vaginal wall tissue, so it's not going to fall out of your body, but it's pushing through. Um, but one degree is usually common, and that usually goes away with a little bit of strengthening. And they often don't even realize with uh, like grade one prolapse, it's it's just a little bit of the loss of the integrity of that wall. You can't feel it. You can't really see or access it. It's just a little bit of that loss of integrity. It, and usually... Once you get to fourth degree, you'll know because you're wiping and you can actually feel something there. That's how far it goes. At that point, it, it's past the point where we can actually just do strengthening. Usually uh, a device is needed or a surgery at that point. So we always want to try and get things early on. People are very scared of prolapse. That brings a lot of people in because they hear like, oh my gosh, my mom or, you know, my, my grandma or my friend grandma just had this surgery like for prolapse and they get all freaked out it's or they think the organs are gonna f actually fall yeah, out of the body they're like worried they like walk with like a little duck because they're worried that everything's gonna fall out but mm. it's not <laughs> <laughs> they're okay so that's what i'm seeing with the walk I mean. <laughs> um demographic wise um age groups that you're seeing primarily i've seen anything from 17 to like 90 yeah um, the 17-year-old would more be like tightness in the pelvic floor, trying to have intercourse and realizing that it's very painful and they can't do it. Um, and pelvic health in that scenario can actually help um, kind of stretch out the tight muscular tissue and, and help for for intercourse. Even and like that. sometimes yeah. they have pain with tam tampons because the muscles are in that much spasm, especially sometimes in athletes like gymnasts and stuff with that like um, strength of the core. Sometimes they also tighten up the pelvic floor so much that they're building actually, you can actually get muscle knots in your pelvic floor like you can anywhere else, but it's a way harder place to stretch. Or trauma. Yeah, trauma. Like that. Yeah. yeah, that can happen. So And these, and these the women younger. like are often told, just relax, like you're fine, like just, it's okay. It's not it's, easy to release yeah. tension in the pelvic yeah, floor. Yeah, but they can't. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of that is has gone unnoticed and they just think that just relax, you're fine. You're just being away. Yeah, they don't think there's any solution to but it. But then it's actually like quite quite bad. So when it comes down to the therapy, give me kind of the the points on the therapy. We're talking manual work, mm -hmm. we're talking exercise. So kind of give us an idea of and I know it's going to be different obviously depending on the condition that rolls through your door. For me, I always kind of first I start with all the external stuff because I never think it's just one or the other. We try and always treat the whole body. So usually I, I check their posture, I check their back, I check their hips and I do any external work I need first. So if their hips have a rotation in them, I'll fix that. If their glutes are tight, I'll fix that. Or the hip flexors, um, I usually go through their diaphragm, their abdomen, 
and do all that first and make sure everything's in good alignment. After I do all the external and fix what I need there, that's when I'll go do the internal work. So then I'll check all the muscles internally through the pelvic floor. Make sure that there's no knots, there's no tension there. I'll check the strength of the pelvic floor, which is called a Kegel. And that's when, after we've fixed all that, then we teach them some exercises. So it could be Kegels, it could be things to strengthen the glutes if they're having hip or back dysfunctions, so clamshells. Um, diaphragmatic breathing is actually great for the pelvic floor. It's a way you can kind of stretch out the pelvic floor yourself. Um, so we do that. We also strengthen the deep core often and then a lot of education. So depending what they're coming in for, if it's, um, tension in the pelvic floor due to stress, we sometimes go over some ways for them to decrease stress or relax the muscles. So some deep breathing, like, um, sometimes warm baths with Epsom salts help. Um, sometimes we want to go over etiquette for bathrooms. So sometimes people have incontinence or, so the deep breathing can help with that. A lot of education to be had. Yeah, every everyone's different in what education they need. But yeah, appointments are uh, at our clinic anyways. They're they're forty minutes long, and the the internal yeah the, the initials are an hour and a half. So it's quite quite in depth and do a lot of looking at the low back hips. Anything from yeah the ribs down to the knees, even even beyond in some cases, but uh, just sort of assessing, yeah, again, like Emily said, posture, low back stuff, um, and also a lot of how the other muscles in the, in the area are working, so how are your glutes firing? A lot of times glute max won't fire very well, or yeah, deep core doesn't function very well, or just assessing sort of that stuff too. You know, do these muscles coordinate well, like the pelvic floor muscles, are they coordinating well between each other? Do they have a good contraction? Can they hold it long enough? Are they getting the contraction right? Tons of tons of people do not do a Kegel properly. We most, mostly what we see is people just squeezing their butts together, <laughs> butt cheeks yeah. together. Or like bearing down. So I have the perfect Kegel. Perfect Kegel. Yeah. So when I feel the Kegel, because I am doing this internally, I want to feel squeeze. That squeezing of the muscles um, around the urethra, so that sphincteric squeeze to prevent leakage. So you want to feel that squeeze together, and I want to feel lift. Because the pelvic floor, not only does it block off the urethra, it squeezes it closed when you like have that extra um, pressure of like a cough or a sneeze, it also is lifting up your organs. That's why that organ prolapse can From happen. Prolapse, yay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we want to feel that lift. We want to feel those muscles lifting up the organs. Yeah. So I always um, tell, tell women that if you are thinking to try to do a Kegel, because oftentimes they're like, I'm like, okay, let me see what your Kegel looks like. Cause I just want to see what they would try first. And they're often like, um, I don't know, maybe this, right. And they'll just try something. And then I usually just say, okay, so imagine as if you're picking up a blueberry with your vaginal opening and you're trying to lift it towards your belly button is sometimes the idea um, that we try to say. Visualization usually really helps. It's an automatic muscle. It's really hard to voluntarily control. And that's why it's so difficult to be like, do the contraction. It's not like your biceps where you can just kind of squeeze it. And they can't see it. They don't know what's going on. They often have a lot of trouble, um, being like, did I do it? Did I do it right? Yeah. Did I, did I do the contraction? Did it happen? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes or sometimes I'm like, no, I didn't really feel much. And they're like, well, I'm trying something. So there's actually a lot of, uh, uh, a huge connection with like the mental aspect of it and their awareness of their muscles. So yeah. a lot of it's practice to get to get to know what feels right and what an actual contraction is and then being able to isolate those muscles. 
and trying not to just squeeze your glutes together or just squeeze your abs down, getting the right muscles to contract. How so. would you describe it for men? So for men, what I say is that feeling of going into a very cold lake where your balls just one. go straight up. <laughs> that's what you want to feel. That is your pelvic floor doing that, yeah. bringing them towards the warm. I'm doing them right now. You're doing <laughs> it right now? Yeah, is right it now. working? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Very cold <laughs> see, lake like down there. you have better feedback <laughs> because you can see what you're doing. Yeah, with females, you're like, am I doing it? When they're they like, am I doing it? it? They like, have no they feedback. Can't. So... For I obviously and we all we all have the idea that okay I'm presenting with signs and symptoms um I definitely should see somebody because I can't live with this discomfort. How about preventative? Lots of pregnant patients come in for preventative, which is great because it's better to strengthen the pelvic floor before childbirth. Reason for that is if you're going for knee surgery, you would do rehab before to get those muscles as strong as possible, so then you bounce back quickly. Same with the pelvic floor. Not only will it help for back pain during pregnancy, hip pain, but on top of that, when you if you you have bad tearing or anything that happens during labor then afterwards you'll be able to strengthen the muscles quickly you'll bounce back quickly and on top of that you're going to be exhausted we usually say you can come back after uh, giving birth six weeks after you don't you're sleep deprived there's a lot going on usually you don't have time to come back right after six weeks it may be three months four months if you already know how to do the exercises properly and so unless something major happened during labor that you're in a lot of pain that you need to come back then you can just practice them and come back when you have time and then other preemptive stuff you can help prevent tearing and episiotomies which are the huge factors anyways and just techniques like manual techniques that they can do themselves or get their husbands to do actually that can help prevent any tearing and episiotomies most women are pretty happy about yeah that. yeah they're like that's the scariest part right for a lot of people is just is this going to happen to me because they hear tear horror all the way. stories from their <laughs> yeah. friends and things like that so there's definitely ways to prevent it and that's kind of what we go through with that yeah tearing tearing sucks like my wife she's a champ she gave birth to those two little kids without drugs. Oh, wow. yeah, pure, pure, pure champ. Yeah, um, that's hard. Yeah, and uh, as much Imagine. pain and discomfort that I saw her in, getting stitched was the worst part of it. Tearing is not fun. People that that part scares some people more than anything else, and we can't say that 100% if you do all these things that you won't have tearing because it also is part of like genetics and structure and like the way the baby comes out, but like any chance of decreasing the risk is like helpful yeah or tearing less even because there's different degrees of tears right on right on so you guys are also bringing this to the other side of what we do at two massage therapists in a microphone which is our education company called con ed institute where you guys have developed a course and will be the instructors delivering the course why don't you give our listeners a little a little feel of what the course is all about so for this course um we're gonna be teaching more of the external part of pelvic floor um, manual therapy because only physiotherapists are allowed to do the internal part. But there's so much you can still do externally and we want to give other manual therapists tips and stuff so they can start doing that, start helping their patients. So we're going to go over um, different ways to release like the hip flexors, the glutes. We're going to teach about the SI joint, how it feeds into the pelvic floor, the diaphragm, different exercises they can give their patients, how to tell like when to refer on to an internal practitioner. And knowing when to treat these things, like what pelvic health conditions so teaching them the pelvic health conditions in general but just knowing when certain conditions manifest externally in certain ways and when to treat certain areas and and when to refer on as well like when to refer to a pelvic health physiotherapist to a family doctor to a gynecologist urologist 
even psychologists or psychotherapists as well can actually be quite helpful with these pelvic health conditions. So you get to learn all the different conditions, learn all the different external things you can do and all the exercises you can give. and then Which is actually very, very helpful. In uh, my 40-minute appointments, usually at least a lot of it is hands-on. I'd say probably 10 to 15 minutes is actually the internal work where you're looking at like 20, 25 minutes, half an hour of actual external work that is very, very effective for these conditions. So it'll be very helpful for uh, massage therapists and other manual therapists to get uh, an education about this and really help their patients tremendously. Right on, right on. Um, so is there is there anything else that you guys wanted to, wanted to wrap on? I think... Um, I think just knowing and letting those other therapists know that they really can have a huge role with these people and and knowing that they'll be pretty grateful for that, I guess. Yeah, and that there's a lot of people who maybe haven't even really discussed how much it's been affecting their life, but then it is really rewarding to help with these patients because a lot of the time it's really impactful um, if patients feel like they can't, I've had patients who feel like they can't go to the movies because they can't go two hours without using the washroom, things like that. There's there's so many things you can like really help the quality of life. It's huge quality. Both of found life this issues, really rewarding yeah. and there's a lot of things that you can do even if even you're not doing the internal work. Because so. they don't really want they're not gonna bring up, hey, yeah, I pee my pants every time I laugh or I can't go uh, out to the mall for two hours because I need to know where every washroom is here or, you know, I can't I can't have sex. I've I've never had sex before and I'm like, and, and just knowing that that's, but they'd be grateful if you can recognize the signs and then be like, Hey, these are the things I can do for you. There's and nothing more a patient treated. would be yeah. like, be like that's happy. so huge. Like even, even if it's even, even if it's just for that knowledge as to understand a little bit more and then to recognize signs and symptoms to say you should see somebody um, that's a specialist. The thing I hear most from patients is like, they're like, I've been to multiple doctors. I've been to like three different urologists. I've done 10 tests and no one's told me if I just released the muscles, I'd feel better. And it's life changing. Like these people have had these conditions for years and no one's helped them. Is this because, I don't want to say that, but I will. Is this because doctors are lazy or is it because they don't know? Most of the time they don't know, especially a lot of the new pelvic floor research is more recent. It's and very, very recent. And even yeah. physiotherapy in pelvic floor is so recent that if the doctors were trained a long time ago, that this wasn't even a thing. Yeah, like, so the people who are the gurus of pelvic floor physiotherapy right now have probably only been treating this for 15 to 20 years, right? So these these aren't uh, common things in the medical field. But what's amazing now is that this is getting so much more hype and so much more publicity about pelvic health conditions and I think that's a huge reason why we wanted to do this course is we just want to continue that and be able to help these people like right away so that they're not dealing with these things and it's not affecting their day-to-day -day life that they can they can get treatment from it doesn't have to be a physiotherapist they can you know go to massage or an osteopath and that person can do something for them and can help them but this is primarily a physio thing though right the internal work is all physio so some conditions they would need to see a physiotherapist um, but depending on the condition, they could potentially fully be treated externally with the right exercises, with the right techniques and stuff. There's some of the pelvic floor conditions don't always need an internal therapist. Um, and they could still get a lot of relief from an external therapist. On top of that, just having someone to give them the knowledge, it, 
patients are so grateful and that's why we're so passionate about spreading the word yeah are you guys a rare breed are there a lot of pelvic physios there's starting to be a lot more yeah a lot more physios are getting into it because they see how helpful it is they see how rewarding it is as a physiotherapist but like right now numbers are still pretty small relatively low only because more females than males obviously yeah. do it yeah. Oh, yeah you know i never even really thought about that aspect of it there are some male pelvic floor th- physiotherapists not a lot like i when when i did it i was like one of the first ones in my class to do it and um a lot of people who said oh i'll never i'll never do that that's not why i became a physio i've like now gotten into it just because they know how helpful it is and it's it's so it's a lot more people are starting to try to do that um and and that's that's good that's positive right so it's definitely becoming well a lot more popular right on so if anyone that's listening and they want to get in touch with you guys so they either want some additional information or they are looking to be a patient or client um, how can they reach you? All right. Well, uh, like we said before, we both work at uh, Integra Health Center. This is a, a multidisciplinary clinic downtown Toronto um, at King and York Street. So they can either, if they look us up on our website, you can call us. Our emails are on the website. So they can always shoot us an email if they want to ask a personal question. Um, Booking an appointment, you can do right online as well. Absolutely. So usually, yeah, the best way is to go to our website and then you can contact us from there. And that would be IntegraHealthCenter.com. Cool. Multidisciplinary. What else do you guys have going on there? Uh, we have a team of family doctors, uh, which includes some specialists, uh, like a sleep sleep specialist. Sleep and specialist and a rheumatologist. rheumatologist. Um, getting a chiropodist in the new year. Um, also have a team of chiropractors, massage therapists, um, osteopath, naturopath, and us, the physiotherapist. Yeah, <laughs> can't forget about physio. Right on. Sounds, yeah, sounds quite like busy, a busy place. but awesome team. Yeah, awesome team. We all work together well. Yeah, <laughs> you can't see it, but they're smiling at each other. Right on, guys. It's been great hanging out. You've been listening to two massage therapists in a microphone, Mark, Sarah, Emily, and Val, hanging Emily out Val. on the couch. Yeah. Snapping pictures? Was that snapping pictures? Our marketing director for Integra Health. Beauty. All right, marketing director yeah. doing some cool stuff. So I assume you'll see you that can, around. Uh, creep yeah. out <laughs> on their website, throw some hearts on, on it, Instagram, throw some thumbs up on yeah, Facebook. Facebook. All that jazz. Right on. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you.